All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. This is Root Solution, learning how to control the basics. This is Kai. And this is Noah. And we're going to talk about health. So healthy health. Last week, we had talked quite a bit about Whoop, and we went full fanboy, hey, um, which was so cool. Um, and then after we went full fanboy on Whoop, um, we kind of left you guys hanging with this idea of like health and what health is and what health means. And so... <clears throat> today we want to talk about our guidelines to kind of what we think uh makes somebody truly healthy um and maybe have some conversation about what uh perceived health looks like versus what real health looks like um i think in the current climate we're in now um with people being genuinely concerned about their well-being and health with um the c word out there um I think it's really important to have a real conversation as what health is. You know, I've heard a lot of people talk about, um, well, I know healthy people that have passed away from the C word. Um, and I'm saying C word so we don't get censored. Um, and I think, you know, though I don't want to minimize anybody's loss, um, losing anybody is terrible. Um, in fact, I recently lost uh, a mentor of mine, John Meadows, who was a world-class strength conditioning coach and powerlifter. And I know I talked a little bit about him last week, um, but everybody's perceived health of these people is that they're super healthy, right? And, you know, I don't want to diminish John in terms of what he did or anything like that, but I knew John personally. And John um, was a strength athlete who lived on the edge. He was always incredibly lean and he was very strong and very trained his ass off all the time um and sometimes you can train too much right and sometimes you can be too lean for too long we aren't really meant to be three percent body fat training an hour and a half to two hours a day you know um i owned a crossfit and a lot of high level uh, very competitive crossfit females stop menstruating right yeah. which you would you would perceive a, a parameter of health for a woman is to be able to menstruate. And so you would look at these women and they're fit and they look incredible, but they're not menstruating. And the question is why aren't they menstruating, right? So perceptually they're healthy, right? They've got six pack abs and they're out here competing in the CrossFit games and they're savages. But when you look deep down, their hormone profiles are a mess. Their inflammatory markers are a mess. Uh, their rest profiles are a mess. So this idea of health is really, really tough to, to really understand because the reality of it is, is the people that we, we look at as the, in the highest regards in the fitness industry, most of them would not be considered healthy. They would be under, under nutrients, under nutrient, how, nutrient lacking, deficient. nutrient deficient. Um, they're overtrained. We have all kinds of issues that we run into. So um, today what Kai and I would like to do is, help you understand what health really is and how health functions um, in terms of your life and then how whoop and other wearables can kind of help you qualify and understand what health looks like. Um, Kai, I know you had posted a really cool quote on your Instagram that I saw that I loved. So I'm going to have you read that quote really quick if you don't mind and tell me kind of what it means to you. Yeah, so it was a, a little post that said uh, a shaman was asked and it has all these different questions, but the one that stood out to me that kind of would help along with uh, what we're talking about today, um, it says, what is poison? And so the shaman said, 
all that exceeds what you need is poison. It can be power, laziness, food, ego, ambition, vanity, fear, anger, or anything else. So um, I had a friend that was always, always tell me like, things are good up to a certain point. And after that, it becomes poison, right? So it's yeah. like, um, for example, like food, right? If we have rice, rice is not necessarily a bad thing. But if we have, let's say, a whole pound of rice, and we don't do anything afterwards, it's probably not good for us. Right? right. Uh, same thing with alcohol, right? Alcohol can be good in certain doses, but anything past what our body can handle then becomes poison. And then we have, you know, we throw up, we need our stomach pump, we need to throw up all that kind of stuff. So it, it really just, um, you know, with this quote kind of um, showed me is like, you know, the way that the American diet is, is so much in excess and so much uh, about more, more, more rather than quality, right? Like, cause when you have quality dosage of food, quality dosage of sunlight, quality dosage of, you know, social interactions and, and, and all the things that are quote unquote healthy for us, it's a, it's under that umbrella of health, as long as it's not exceeding that right yeah i mean i think my weekend kind of speaks to that right um <laughs> i i wouldn't say that i'm a um excessive drinker average drinker by any means but um those of you that follow me on instagram saw something i had posted from um it was a whoop feedback from the time i spent in vegas this weekend i went to uh um a reggae festival at a blast um but i you I've lived in excess for sure. Um, but the irony of it is, is I actually slept a lot more than I would normally sleep. And so the interesting about my weekend was I had all of this sleep, right? And so perceptually, if I sleep well, I'm going to get greens on my, my whoop, right? I'm going to have this great feedback. Um, but all my feedbacks were actually red. And so I had two, three hours more sleep than I would normally get on a regular evening and I'd still be at like 20% recovered. And so one of the things I'd put in my comments or my, or in my um, comment section was, you know, I had a few drinks on Friday night. Um, I, I chose to eat delicious food instead of food that was maybe nutrient dense. Um, I had dessert. Um, I was in bed for 10 hours. I slept for eight and a half. I had 20 disturbances. That's like three Brandy. times the disturbances I normally have. And it, I normally only sleep like six hours, right? I get greens at six hours. In fact, to, to that point, um, last night, I slept for six hours and 31 minutes. I was in bed for 738. I was 88% recovered. In Vegas, I was in bed for 10 hours. I slept for eight and a half and I was 20% recovered. So I think the thing for me that, that I struggle with when I'm in, having conversations with um, patients and, and people that I work with is I don't think they realize how much living in excess affects their, their true and general health. We've talked about whoop over and over again. And the one thing for me that stands out with whoop is that it gives us biological feedback, like real information as to what's going on with our nervous system. And so there's no, like, there's no talking around that, right? If my resting heart rate and my high for my heart rate has poor variability we know that my nervous system has been inhibited by um, 
we'll call it excess for lack of better words. And so when I saw this quote, that was the first thing that stood out to me was like, I don't live in excess often, but when I do live in excess, I always have poor feedback on my whoop. Right. And I think you have a similar, you've had a similar experience, right? Yes. Um, yeah, I, you know, every, almost every single time that I have, um, alcohol before mm-hmm. I go to bed, it's, um, I get a red, but you know, I will say, um, on Saturday, this past Saturday, where's my whoop? Um, it's, it was very interesting because I, um, I was just out with my friends and I got, I didn't, I, I didn't work out. I, I was just walking around the beach, hanging out, drinking all that. And, um, one of my clients who's part of the group that I made with her, she's like, how did you burn 3000 calories? I went through 3000 calories on that day. Just walking on the beach, walking on the beach and drinking. And my strain level was at 15.7. Right. But this was during the day. And so the next morning I wake up and I still have a yellow, which is 49%. But it was, I didn't feel bad at all. Right. Um, and normally if I have any kind of alcohol before I go to bed, it's red for sure. So it's like, um, and I, and I, you know, I don't really drink that much anyway. And so right. for me, that was excess. But, um, but yeah, I mean, like you said in your post, right? Like not all sleep is equal. Right. Um, and I don't even know how much I slept that day, but normally I get like six to eight hours of sleep every day, but what did I get that day? Yeah. Usually sleep pretty well, but I mean, this kind of, this, this is kind of to that point, right. It's like, it didn't sound like you were in excess, right. It sounded like you had a few drinks. Yeah. And you were just kind of enjoying yourself, positive social interactions. Mm-hmm. And you had good feedback on it, right? Yeah. So this is kind of, this is the struggle with having these conversations about health with people, right? Is that, you know, this perception of health is really bizarre because it's such an individualistic idea. Um, and it's so independent to the person in front of you. If somebody has a, a better nervous system with more function, they have more margin for error, right? Yeah. If they have a weaker nervous system with poorer function, their margin for error is very small. You yeah. know, and I think that's the thing that we don't talk about is the vulnerability that comes with that, right? Mm-hmm. If you've got a really, really small base to your pyramid, it's not gonna be able to hold a lot of weight. You need a bigger base, right? And so exercise, um, you know, moderate exercise, I should say, um, you know, consistency with a diet, um, consistency with sleep. Those are things that are far more valuable because the reality is, is that three day weekend I spent in Vegas leaves me very vulnerable from an immune perspective. Right. Mm -hmm. So the issue I run into with a weekend like that, I've got a good size base, right. I'm a pretty healthy person, thankfully healthy with the, the apostrophes next to them. Um, so my base is perceptually bigger, right? So even when my immune system is you know, not working at full power, I still am okay, right? Um, I've had the C word twice. 
Um, the first time I had it, it wasn't great. I won't lie. Um, and I'm not trying to minimize the C word by any means, by the way. Um, first time I had it, it wasn't great. Um, I was sick for about five days, um, but didn't lose smell, didn't lose taste, uh, bounced back really, really quickly. Got it a second time um, about a year later. Um, I had it for maybe two days, maybe. Um, now, granted, you know, I'm testing, I'm doing all the things I'm supposed to do. Um, whoop helps, right? Whoop gives me feedback, telling me I'm going to get sick so I can start being preemptive in, you know, loading vitamins and sleeping more and things like that. But the, the, the reality is, is like, I'm okay because I take pretty good care of my body and I manage myself pretty well. Um, but that doesn't mean that if I consistently lived the way I lived while I was in Vegas, my vulnerability doesn't continue to go up. And so there's a lot of people that my weekend in Vegas is their weekend every weekend. And that is really problematic. And I know even a lot of people that are considered fit and healthy that do the same thing where two days a week, they're drinking their face off. Right. Mm -hmm. And so they're going to be really vulnerable from an immune perspective and have real issues. Right. And so that's where this becomes really tough. And I, I think this is why Kai and I wanted to have this discussion is we want people to start to understand this idea. Health really is a, the term health is kind of a terrible word to have a perception of what's going on with your body. Like really, really terrible word. Like Kai, I mean, I obviously, this is why I don't like it. Do you have any reasons that stand out to you as to why you don't like it? Well, yeah, I think that what makes this so difficult is that health is such a broad, very, very, very broad term. Right. And you know, it doesn't account for the many different variables that go into health, right? Like we've talked about so many times before, like we talked about the nervous system, we talked about food, we've talked about mental health, we've talked about um, relationships, social interactions, community. Um, There's just so many things that go into being quote unquote healthy, that it's just, it's almost impossible to to really um, pinpoint like if someone is truly healthy, right? right. Um, and so it, it's just, you know, I think a lot of people when they hear healthy um, is how someone looks. And right. so I think that's what part of the problem is, right? Like if someone looks somewhat in shape, they, you know, don't have a bunch of issues. Um, just from like looking at somebody, um, people judge to see if they're healthy or not. Right. But then you start going into the depths of, you know, okay, well, are they stressed? What's their job look like? What's the day in the life look like? What's their eating habits look like? Um, you know, what are they doing on the weekends? Right. Um, how much alcohol are they taking? Are they having coffee all the time? Like there's just, there's just so many things that I think it overwhelms people to think about um, when we do talk about health that, um, you know, I'm, I'm really happy that we're talking about it now because we can give people tangible things that they can start to um, almost like live by, right? Like almost like, um, I guess, healthy Bible if you want to call it that. <laughs> um, you know what? I like that. But I, I think, I think more importantly, I think just debunking health, right? Yeah. Just getting people to stop using the word 
health. Like this, yeah. this word is, it's, it's volatile. It's not conducive to giving us any real insider information. Like you can't just deem somebody healthy. Like yeah. I can't just say Kai is healthy because the reality is, is Kai's about to go on a cruise for what? Seven days, <laughs> seven days and living in excess. <laughs> Kai's going to have a really good time when Kai gets back from his cruise. Kai isn't going to be healthy anymore. Now here's you don't the thing. Know that. You don't know that. <laughs> Maybe. Your boy's going to be a good boy. <laughs> right. Kai has a gigantic base to work off of. Gigantic, right? He's he's an incredible, again, health, for lack of better words, currently, right? His respiratory health is great. He's mindful of making sure that he like downregulates and takes care of himself and does all the things he needs to do. So Kai's bounce back will be really, really quick. Like it's not going to be bad. The, for me, I went, when I was in Vegas, I went red, 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 the three days I was there. I went yellow, the travel day, home. And then I went green, green right away. But I focused on sleeping, eating well, down-regulating, doing workouts that were conducive to recovery, right? So I bounced back quickly, right? It was, I really was only vulnerable for maybe three days. Kai is going to be in a similar position where He's going to bounce back really quickly, which is great because he has a great base. Now, what if you're somebody who works 60 hours a week, has kids, life is tough. Um, you don't downregulate ever. And then you go on this cruise and come home. That's going to be a real problem because how are you going to get the sleep needed to offset for the lack of sleep that you got or poor sleep that you got? How are you going to find ways to take the time you need to maybe meditate, do breath work? to um, do training that's conducive to recovery. How do you do those things? You work 60 hours a week and you have kids, right? Single parents out there know the struggle that I'm talking about. And so this is my challenge to people is if I don't have the ability to find ways to take control of my health, then I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna have to find a better lifestyle that allows me to not have to work so hard to recover. Or unfortunately, I'm a walking case for sickness and illness, right? Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the, the my struggle with, with having these conversations with people is, you know, I need an hour to get on my soapbox and like have a real conversation about how the nervous system functions and works and how most people I interact with that are in pain aren't consistent in their lifestyle. They either work out too hard for short periods of time or they don't work out at all. You know, um, I have somebody I work with right now and I've been working with her for years on and off. She recently has adopted a really simple lifestyle, which we're going to talk about in a second, but um, and she's just been taking better care of herself. So she used to CrossFit five days a week. She owns a business. I mean, she's a, this is, this woman is all overachiever, but she could never lose weight. She never could figure out how to lose weight. And then if she did, it was with some sort of crash diet and it didn't stay off. Well, recently she made some changes. So let's talk about what those changes she made were and how these changes may help you. Um, so Kai and I sat down and just kind of came up with four things that we thought were simple solutions. Um, Kai and I are going to take turns here. For me, number one was the 80-20 rule. Like, I don't think you need to absolutely live this absolution of a lifestyle. If you want to train your ass off a couple of days a week, that's fine. Just know 
that you need to back off a couple days a week when you train as well. If you want to go and go to Vegas for three days, once a month, and those three days, are your three cheat days, and you're going to just let it go. Great. Just understand that like, we got to rein it in after that, right? Like, I don't think you have to go crazy, but I do think that living a little is worth it. Kai, what's number two on the list? Number two is the whole 30. So that's the eating whole foods, foods that are more nutrient dense, right? So it's right. just about really making better choices of food and, and making sure that it's not super processed. It doesn't have a bunch of sugar. Um, and it's just, a, I hate to say it, but healthier, healthier choices of food. Right. right. Well, and that's, I think nutrient dense food, right? Yeah. I'm not saying you have to be one of the crazy whole 30 people, but I think whole 30 does a nice job of just putting everything in a nice package. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it just makes things simple and easy for people. Like if you stick to those parameters and those rules, you're going to have a lot of n- nutrient dense food that digests well, that's going to contribute to you living an easier and better life. Yeah. So the next one is just trying to walk 10,000 steps a day. I think the most underrated thing people can do for themselves is walk. Yeah. People always talk about like the importance of metabolic burn and like how running burns so many calories step for step walking and running burn the same amount of calories step for step same amount of calories i'm not saying you shouldn't run running absolutely has value for respiratory health absolutely but i also think that walking is really under undervalued like trying to walk 10,000 steps a day is so simple um currently mark bell who's a former powerlifter he runs um slingshot and he has a gym and all these cool things mark bell's doing a twenty thousand step challenge every day twenty thousand steps um i try to do it for a few days it's hard you guys walking twenty thousand steps is really really challenging i work on my feet so i'm already at ten thousand steps a day just working right but the reality of it is is like this is what we're built to do we're built to walk and it's such an easy like thing to do to just walk So guys, if you have issues with respiratory health or you have issues with uh, feeling like you're not in good enough shape to go start, everybody can walk. Everyone can walk. And I think that's a really easy one. The young lady that I was talking about here, uh, this is the biggest change she's made is every day she walks 15,000 steps. She's lost 26 pounds in the first month of doing it. She didn't realize how sedentary she was. She just didn't do anything all day. Her brain did stuff. She worked. She chased her kids around the house, right? But she really didn't move around a whole lot. And so when she realized how little she was walking, she started taking her kids on walks. Like, how simple is that, guys? You've got a, she's got, I think her kids are 10 and three. Um, What a great way to wear your kids out. Just find a trail and go for a freaking walk, right? Again, it's free. There's no excuse not to walk. If you have a dog, walk. There's a lot of evidence out there that suggests that people with dogs live longer. It's really strange because people with dogs are probably going to be more inclined to go for walks. (laughs) Right? What? I have a 70-pound mutt who's a wild animal. And if she doesn't get two good walks a day, she sucks to be with. I got to walk her. Right? Kai, what's number four? 
I'm going to skip number four and leave that to you because I want to, okay. I want to, so like I added one, but it's uh, down regulation. And so when you were talking about walking, um, that's actually one of the things that I do sometimes to down regulate, right. After a long day of work, after, right. you know, mental exhaustion, all that kind of stuff. Um, walking just helps me. Um, right. And, you know, listening to good music as you walk or even just walking with somebody that um, like you don't have to be um, like on. Right. Because for me, and right. you, you have to be on all the time. Right. Like we're talking to people about their health and, and their wellness and all that kind of stuff. So for me to be able to talk to somebody about some random TV show or whatever it may be helps me downregulate. Right. Um, and so for me, it's like movement, movement, meditation, mo moving meditation, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be meditation, right? Um, down regulation has many different forms. There's, you can have tea, right? Have a nice cup of tea, talk to somebody on the phone, read a book, um, even just like sit in the dark and just like nap. Right. right. Or, or listen to a meditation, listen to a book, um, something to, to keep you, um, or to, to take you from a stress level that's higher to something that's lower. Um, what else is there? Do you have any other things that you do to downregulate? Um, so for me, I use Disney December quite a bit. Um, so those of you that don't remember Disney December is, the steady state cardio trying to stay under 130 beats per minute with limited peripheral stimulus tape over your mouth listening to disney music um disney december for me um my brain is crazy i have a really hard my brain to stop being my brain um the adhd comes out pretty aggressively when i try to chill so disney december gives me something to have as a feedback loop with the disney music um I happen to know a lot of the songs. So it allows me to kind of get, it sounds weird, but get kind of buried in the music. So like, you know, I realized it's a 300 pound power lifter singing a whole new world under my breath with tape on my mouth. Sounds funny, but um, it really does allow me to recover. Um, one of the other things I like to do, and again, this is sounds kind of weird. I want to preface this first of all, that I do this without alcohol or marijuana. Uh, it's important that you people understand that we'll talk about that in a second, but I have um, a Bluetooth speaker in my room that puts on a light show and I'll put on usually like reggae music. Cause that's just something I, I enjoy. And I just lay in bed and I listen to reggae music and I watch the light show on my ceiling. Um, the reason it's important for me not to have alcohol and marijuana in my system is both of those things that we use them to downregulate will force massive upswings. So uh, one of the issues you'll run into is that though they'll put you to sleep, they usually will keep you up and prevent REM. So if I were to smoke a bunch of weed and then watch my light show, it would put me to bed, but it would not allow me to get really good sleep. Um, but the light show is a really good way, again, for me to immerse myself in like calm. Um, and you can call it active meditation and it's an easier active meditation for me. Um, and then the last thing I do, and again, this is going to sound kind of silly, but I really enjoy lighthearted movies. Um, I, again, really struggle with getting my brain to stop. Um, 
anyone who's ever been around me knows that I go really, really, really fast. I get really, really passionate and I can get real freaking excited about stuff. So if I read at night and I read stuff that I like, it's usually stuff that I'll stimulate my brain and prevent me from downregulating. So movies actually help me quite a bit. Um, I try not to watch them in bed, but I, I will watch movies before I go to bed. Um, those are really good ways for me to just to like chill. Um, that was probably, that was a lot, but those are my go-tos. Can I just ask like a request that we get a video sure. of you uh, singing uh, a whole new world, a whole new under, world under the mask on tape. <laughs> the, the best part about it is like, I'm in my garage in just compression shorts. Cause we want like very little peripheral stimulus. So it's, it's even funnier because I'm over here like glistening, like half naked in my garage by myself, like a crazy person, but it really does work guys, honestly. Um, so the last one on here uh, is quality sleep. For me, I think quality sleep is the biggest, like it's the easiest one. Um, people would argue it's hard to get quality sleep. I would argue that the, the issues that are preventing quality sleep are probably the issues that are preventing you from finding health. Um, people that are like, well, I can't fall asleep. I really struggle with falling asleep. Typically you fall asleep because you have some sort of trauma or regular trauma that's happening in your life that's affecting you while you sleep, um, whether it be work or whether it be a relationship with a spouse or you know, we can go on for days about things that are problematic. Um, for me, finding the things that keep me from sleeping are a really easy way for me to understand myself better. So quality sleep, really good quality sleep. And it doesn't even have to be a lot guys. Like I get greens regularly with like six hours of sleep. I'm not endorsing that and I should sleep more. Um, but I'm a dad with twin daughters. I've been conditioned to like nap throughout the day because frankly, I haven't got to sleep for years. Um, a lot of the parents out there can speak to that and understand what I'm going through here. Um, I don't know if I'll ever get back to really sleeping eight hours a day. Um, but at least for now I can get the best possible sleep with whatever I can get. So those, those to me, I think are really important. I think if you do these five things consistently, guys, I think you'll find that like health, you know, again, with air quotes, um, will come to you really easily. I think you'll be shocked at how your body looks. Um, I think you'll be shocked at how you feel. And I think you'll be really kind of surprised at like how much simpler life gets. Um, what I, we're going to talk about next, guys, uh, we're going to talk about blue zones. So um, we went out and kind of looked at like who we think are the, again, air quotes, the healthiest people in the world. And we're going to talk about who they are and what they do. So that'll be out next week. Um, as always, we really appreciate you guys listening. Um, any feedback, especially on this topic, would be great. Um, but, you know, this is Noah at Dot Solution on Instagram and Facebook. Kai? Kai Riz at, I actually changed it. There's no more underscores. We oh. are at Control the Basics. Hey, underscore that. Um, yeah, before we go, I did want to add one little thing um as a little tangible for people uh concerning sleep um for me i definitely built a routine around getting sleepy and i think that's a that's something that can help people especially if they're having trouble sleeping 
um, creating a routine that helps make you feel sleepy. Like for me, reading a book that I have no interest in uh, puts me to sleep pretty fast. Um, And the other thing is like, you know, um, not having liquids two hours before bed, um, not eating two hours before bed limit like this one i struggle with because it's like you know limiting blue light before you go to bed because uh i think we talked about it at last our last podcast but um for me reading or looking at my phone in bed actually helps me sleep better right um so again that's a individual thing you gotta you gotta try that out and see what works for you and what doesn't work for you because for my sister she watches movies on her laptop next to her her bed and falls asleep but falls asleep because of overstimulus not because she feels right. tired um right. but yeah those are some things that i think that people can start to just try to create a routine to become sleepy so that you do get quality sleep but yeah thank you guys again and we will see you on the next podcast